We would certainly like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, for live streaming, CITR.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have quite a show lined up for you this evening. And as usual, we're going to be starting with our jazz feature. And today is an important day in the history of jazz music because it is the birthday of the one and only John Burks Gillespie, who was born today in 1917, 102 years ago, in Chira, South Carolina. John Burks Gillespie was better known as Dizzy, although his close friends either called him Burks or John and never Dizzy. However, Dizzy Gillespie was one of the pioneers of modern jazz and a man, of course, who never forgot that despite the fact that he was a most serious musician, and he was, was in the field of entertainment, and he, he never lost that. So he engaged with his audiences. He told jokes. Um, he did little dances um, and uh, kibitzed with his sidemen. And um, when you heard Dizzy Gillespie in person, some people, serious types, would, would get a little frustrated. But this is the way Dizzy paced himself because then all of a sudden he would, after uh, singing a, novel, a novelty song or something, he would turn around and hit you with three numbers that would just take you right out of your seat. Um, Dizzy was very, very professional that way and a, a very charming man. He could be volatile at times, um, of course. Uh, he did have a quick temper when he was crossed, but, uh, you know, most of the time he, he was uh, a kind and one of the most giving people in jazz. He knew a lot about a lot of things. Um, and music, of course, was his milieu. He, he was an excellent piano player. Uh, he also played the conga drums. Uh, he knew more about um, rhythms than uh, just about anybody. And he wasn't... Uh, he didn't hold back. If someone asked him, uh, or a serious musician, and he thought you were serious, he would he would sit you down and show you something and say, this is the way it's done. Uh, check it out. Go home and practice it. This kind of thing. Dizzy was uh, a giver. And, uh, of course, his long life um, was really, um, he made your life better. And... Uh, that's about all I can say about Dizzy. I got to know him a little bit. Uh, I got to hear him in person um, several times. And um, the group that we're going to be featuring on the Jazz Feature, I had the pleasure of hearing that, that group about four or five times. And um, the, the group just before it as well. And I consider the group that we're going to hear from this recording one of the finest that uh, Dizzy ever put together. Um, with the possible exception of his um, pioneering time uh, in the early 
or in the mid-40s with uh, Charlie Parker. Dizzy was, uh, of course, one of the pioneers of modern jazz, and he was a musician like a, a lot of the great pioneers. Um, he really got his training in, in big bands and uh, developed um, out of that. And, of course, uh, the discipline of playing in big bands affected Dizzy uh, as well and um, gave him a lot of, a lot of sense. Now, he, he was a self-taught trumpet player. Uh, um, if you've ever seen Dizzy Gillespie in person or seen him on YouTube or uh, whatever, uh, you see those magnificent cheeks puff up on the trumpet. And it's very bizarre if you've never seen it before. I know, I know some people really reacted to it. Um, the thing is, that's the way Dizzy learned the trumpet. And, and uh, of course, teachers today would, would uh, completely tell you not to do that and, of course, would, would give you exercises so you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. But uh, the fact is, Dizzy Gillespie played the trumpet just about better than anybody, regardless, um, because he was such a, a talented man and a talented musician. And to this day... I don't think there's too many people that could even approach what Dizzy Gillespie can do on the trumpet. And, of course, he, he created a, a totally unique and recognizable style as well. Dizzy was uh, not a revolutionary, but an evolutionary. Dizzy and Charlie Parker uh, created something very new, um, with jazz music in the mid-40s. Uh, it was called bebop, although Dizzy Gillespie kind of capitalized on some of the novelty elements of bebop. Um, Charlie Parker, his second half of his heartbeat, never did. Um, Charlie Parker preferred to call the music simply modern jazz. And essentially, the new music that they produced uh, was an evolution. It was adding on to many of the things that had come before and what Dizzy knew about. And, of course, uh, they added their, their take. And um, a lot of people who had never heard uh, modern jazz for the first time, they said, oh, this is something, you know, this is unheard of. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Uh, so people were initially baffled by it. But, of course, modern jazz um, or... Um, more colloquially, bebop um, became the mainstream of, of music. And the way we listen to, or, or many of us listen to, jazz music. So Dizzy was really one of the pioneers. He led a big band in the, um, in the 40s, and of course that was a revolutionary big band. And uh, a lot of people uh, took from uh, that band and uh, never really acknowledged uh, Dizzy. Um, and it was very interesting. Dizzy was a little, I think, a little bitter about that because his band was like no other. And uh, he was able to keep it together despite the fact that the big band era was closing down. Uh, he eventually did have to break up in 1950. But uh, he had the band from about 1946 to 1950 and uh, created a whole um, bevy of incredible music with that, with that band and, and kept them together. 
After the band broke up, he began working with small bands and then appearing as a star soloist with jazz at the Philharmonic and, and different other organizations. And by the end of the 50s and the beginning of the 60s, um, Dizzy uh, put together his own working band and began touring with that. And one of the first editions that I saw was essentially the band we're going to hear on our jazz feature with a couple of different people. Um, Leo Wright, one of my favorite alto saxophonists, was playing in uh, Dizzy's first quintet. And Lalo Schifrin, who went on to uh, compose for films and so on, and he's an institution in himself, was the piano player in the band, along with uh, bassist uh, Christopher White and Rudy Collins. Uh, they formed a, a very formidable rhythm section. So we're, I'm leading up to this album, which is one of my favorites. Um, Leo Wright left, and Dizzy called his old friend James Moody. And Moody said, yeah, I'm ready to uh, give up my own band. Um, I love you, and I want to work with you, and uh, I'd be happy to join your band. And, of course, no one was happier about that than Dizzy. Um, Dizzy Gillespie and, and James Moody went back to the uh, early, early uh, 40s. And, uh, of course, they formed a, a mutual respect for one another. So the band includes Dizzy, of course, on trumpet, James Moody on alto saxophone, tenor saxophone, and flute. And he's a master of all of those instruments. On piano, replacing Lalo Schifrin, of course, who went on to bigger and uh, more uh, elaborate things, movie scoring and all that kind of stuff, um, a young man was summoned by the name of Kenny Barron. And to this day, Kenny Barron is one of the most formidable pianists that you're ever likely to hear. But uh, when he joined Dizzy, this was his first important gig. And, of course, the rhythm section, once again, my old friend Christopher Wesley White on bass, who I really considered one of the finest, most exciting bass players that I'd ever, ever heard. And, of course, uh, he and I became pretty good friends as well. And on drums, Rudy Collins, um, a reliable, hard-swinging, and very um, tasteful drummer. He really just had everything together, and he and Chris White, work together extremely well. So that's the personnel on this record. Um, the whole idea of this album, it's called Something Old, Something New. And the Something Old, it, um, the album is kind of in two parts. Something Old, we go back to early compositions by Dizzy Gillespie, or early arrangements uh, that he played uh, or first brought to bear in the mid-40s. And the second half of the album is a whole bunch of new compositions that uh, the band had just started to play. This album was recorded in New York City, April 25th, 1963. And it was uh, first issued on Phillips' label. Something old, something new. So that's the name of the album. That's going to be our jazz feature. We're going to hear it in just a moment. Um, the Something Old... We open with uh, a most exciting version of one of Dizzy's early compositions called Bebop. And I urge you to listen 
on this particular piece after Moody's solo. Uh, he plays uh, the tenor saxophone on this piece and, and takes a great solo. And then Dizzy starts his solo. And I want you to pay attention to the way the rhythm section digs in behind Dizzy. And um, uh, bassist Chris White and, and Rudy Collins really, really push Dizzy to some great heights on, uh, on his own tune. It's one of the highlights of this album. So the first tune is Bebop. The second tune is one that was written by Tad Dameron and Count Basie together. They co-composed this tune. It became a staple of modern jazz, played by everybody. The tune is called Good Bait. Um, Tune number three is a medley of two wonderful tunes that, uh, uh, and Dizzy did the arrangement on these. Uh, They're segued together, two very famous standard tunes. The first one is Vernon Duke's I Can't Get Started With You, which is kind of the trumpet player's anthem. Uh, and we segue into Thelonious Monk's most famous composition, Round Midnight. That's the ballad medley. And we end the old with a great uh, Dizzy Gillespie composition, another exciting piece called Dizzy Atmosphere. Then we go into part two of this album, where we get the new pieces, and we begin with one called by Tom McIntosh, very talented trombonist, composer, and he composed um, three of the new tunes, and the first one was called November Afternoon. Tune number six uh, is a nice, gentle kind of bossa nova, very light and... and uh, airy kind of a tune written by Arif Mardin and uh, Margot Gurian called This Lovely Feeling. Then we go to two more Tommy McIntosh compositions. Tune number seven is a ballad, and it's kind of a mournful piece of music. It's called The Day After. And then we go to tune number eight. It's called The Cup Bearers, and then we end the whole set with a very short and down-home early morning blues. And that was, that's kind of a theme song for this band. They used to end um, an evening's playing in a club with this uh, tune. So this sort of this ends the album and uh, ends the set. So I hope you enjoy our tribute to John Burke's Dizzy Gillespie, his 100th and second birthday anniversary. Yes, and this album, something old, something new. Thank you. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Isaiah's feature this evening, paying tribute to the 102nd birthday of the one and only John Burke's Dizzy Gillespie. He was born on this day, October 21st, 1917, in Shira, South Carolina, and passed away at age 75, January 6th, 1993, in New Jersey, his home from pancreatic cancer. He gave so much to music, and of course, this was one of his finest little bands that he put together. It was really together for almost five years with the same personnel, and um, for a jazz group, that's, uh, that's a long time. And, of course, uh, it was so wonderful that he got together with one of his best friends, the saxophonist on the date and flutist, James Moody. They were very close. They were like brothers. And um, it was a perfect match. And, of course, this uh, wonderful little album um, brought out the best of, uh, of both of these musicians and the group as well. So I certainly hope you enjoyed it. The album was called Something Old, Something New. And the old were um, four compositions or four pieces of music that were um, pioneered uh, by Dizzy Gillespie in the mid-40s. And then the rest of the tunes after the four um, were brand-new compositions that were added to the band's repertoire. All of this was recorded in New York City uh, April 25, 1963, for Phillips Records. And the personnel of the band, Dizzy Gillespie, of course, on trumpet, James Moody on alto saxophone, tenor saxophone, and flute. And a very young, just beginning his prestigious career, Kenny Barron at the piano, uh, proving his, uh, in, with his wonderful touch and his ideas and so on, and Barron uh, today is one of the major piano players in the world. On bass, my old friend, the late and wonderful Christopher Wesley White, Chris White on bass, and Rudy Collins on drums. The pieces of music we heard, we opened with uh, one of Dizzy's most famous early compositions that he recorded with Charlie Parker when they were making the modern jazz breakthrough. And the tune, Bebop. Second piece of music was written by Tad Dameron and Count Basie. And that tune is entitled Good Bait. And then we heard uh, a ballad medley, two wonderful tunes that were that Dizzy recorded back in the mid-40s, and they were segued together. Uh, Vernon Dukes, I Can't Get Started With You, and then segued into Thelonious Monk's Round Midnight. And then we finished up the old with an exciting Dizzy Gillespie original composition called Dizzy Atmosphere. Then we moved to the new pieces, and we began with Tom McIntosh's November Afternoon. And uh, McIntosh was a prolific composer and a wonderful trombone player as well. So uh, November Afternoon. Then we moved to a tune by Margaret Gurian and Arif Martin, and uh, a nice sort of uh, samba, bossa nova feel on a tune called Simply This Lovely Feeling, featuring James Moody on the flute. And then we heard um, a mournful ballad written by Tom McIntosh 
called The Day After. And then um, an exciting Macintosh composition entitled The Cup Bearers. And the final tune was um, a little um, blues closer by Dizzy Gillespie. He used to close his nightclub uh, sets with this tune, and it's called simply The Early Morning Blues. So that's it. Dizzy Gillespie on trumpet, James Moody on alto saxophone, tenor saxophone, and flute, Kenny Barron on piano, Christopher White on bass, and Rudy Collins on drums. Something old, something new. Our jazz feature this evening, and we shall return with uh, some very interesting music. Actually, I'll give you a little preview. The music is going to be some vocalists who are not really vocalists. They're famous jazz musicians that opted to sing a song. And uh, we're not going to uh, put any value or, or who's better or anything like that on this. Uh, but these are people that you're used to listening to as instrumentalists. And they're not known for their um, vocal interpretations. Now, there were some musicians that actually were good vocalists. I'm talking about most prominently Nat King Cole, who was one of the most magnificent piano players you could ever hear. But, of course, he, he, he came to fame um, because of his beautiful singing voice. And, of course, uh, his whole career was uh, based on playing the piano and and singing, but singing really dominated most of his career. Uh, another very fine singer is, believe it or not, Oscar Peterson. Um, he had a very, very fine voice and actually recorded a couple of albums where he did sing, and he sounded very much like his idol, Nat King Cole. And then there was trumpeter Kenny Dorham. Um, he did an album called uh, Kenny Dorham Plays and Sings, and he had a uh, quite a wonderful voice. He used to sing... Uh, um, take the uh, uh, tunes when he was uh, playing with Billy Eckstein. And uh, Eckstein would do a ballad, and Kenny Dorham would do a ballad and then sing the blues. So um, Kenny actually was a very good singer. Um, however, <laughs> there are other musicians that are not known, particularly for their singing, and we're going to hear them uh, right after these um, messages. And to tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, for live streaming, CITR.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course this is The Jazz Show, and we shall return in a very few moments right after these important messages. <laughs> Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. Don't miss the dreamy guitar pop sounds of Penelope Isles. 
Catch this up-and-coming band live at the Biltmore Cabaret on October 29th. Tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.com and Redcat Records. Presented by MRG Concerts, CITR Radio, and Discorder Magazine. and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Considering all the people that went out to vote today, I really uh, have to take my, in the Canadian election, I have to uh, take my hats off to them because it was pouring rain all day. What a day um, to have uh, an election. And then, of course, uh, having, this, uh, having this pouring rain here in Vancouver. But I think everybody, well, we're used to rain here too. I mean, this is the West Coast. So um, the weather tonight, um, rain is gradually going to diminish by around midnight, and then we're going to get some fog patches and, and actually clearing, and some wind is going to stir things up and going to go down to about 11. Tomorrow is actually going to be nice. It's going to be mainly sunny and be windy in the morning, maybe a few fog patches, but they'll blow away. So um, the temperatures tomorrow, um, the low is 11 and the high is 13. Typical for this time of year. And then Wednesday is going to be sunny with a low of 6 and a high of 12. A little cooler, but uh, still really nice and, and sunny. Thursday is cloudy with a low of 8 and a high of 13. And then a bit of a downturn for Friday, which is the periods of rain with a low of 9 and a high of 13. And then back to sunshine for Saturday and Sunday uh, with lows down to between... Three and six, and highs up to about eleven. So, but but sunny. So, it's pretty nice. So that's it for the weather. Mm-hmm. And uh, we shall return right after this. You're listening to CITR one hundred one point nine. Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people.
Well, I did mention some musicians. Um, all musicians like to sing, you know. We all think we can. Uh, I've I've done it. Um, I can't really sing, but uh, you know, people have said, "Gee, you, you know, you have a." Uh, kind of a singing voice. Have you ever tried singing? And uh, yes, I have, but I would never, <laughs> never consider myself uh, a singer. Uh, however, you know, I think all musicians, anybody that does play an instrument would, would like to make an attempt at, at singing. We're going to hear five vocals by great musicians that you would never think of as vocalists. And we're going to begin with one of the great vibes players. As a matter of fact, he was a pioneer of modern jazz, along with Dizzy and, and, and Charlie Parker and Monk and all those people. I'm talking about Mill Jackson. And uh, he's going to sing the first tune, and it's his own composition uh, that he wrote, and he wrote the words to it, uh, and it's called I've Lost Your Love. And he's going to sing that for you. And um, then we're going to follow that with one of the, my favorite saxophone players and, and uh, a great virtuoso player. Um, his name, Sonny Stitt. And uh, Sonny's going to do a little tune for you as well. And uh, so he's, he's next. And... Tune number three is actually, now he's known for singing novelty tunes and scatting, but this is a rather serious piece of music that Dizzy Gillespie is going to sing. And of course, Dizzy was our jazz feature artist, but we're going to hear him sing a tune from uh, the movie Dr. Doolittle. And the tune is written by Leslie Bricus, and it's called Something in Her Smile. And it's a, a touching little ballad that Dizzy sings. Then we're going to hear a vocal by Art Blakey. And not only does Blakey sing, but he plays the piano on this piece of music that we're going to hear. And it's a standard tune um, that uh, is a favorite of a lot of people's. And it, it, it's called, uh, um, well, you'll, you'll hear the tune. Uh, and uh, Art Blakey, of course, is known for um, his incredible drumming. And right now, the name of the tune just escapes me, which is why I can't deliver it to you, but you'll know it as soon as you hear it. <laughs> and, um, uh, I know it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, and the final tune, well, you know, this is a perfect final tune, is a blues. and it, it, Actually, it's a blues written by Joe Turner, but it's not sung by him. It's sung by one of the great voices of the alto saxophone, and he sings the tune called Whiskey Drinking Woman. And the person that sings that tune is one of my favorite characters in jazz, Papa Lou Donaldson, and he kind of closes the vocal set. So... We begin with Milt Jackson singing his own composition, I've Lost Your Love. Here we go. And I dedicate this whole set uh, to a wonderful friend of mine who was a, a wonderful singer. And uh, 
Yeah. There you go. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll carry on here. I'll let you know who she is after we hear all of this, this music. Tell why a girl and a guy have fun, it isn't hard to see. It's because they're in love, they mean it. 
that's the way to be. When troubles come, they never run. Just stop and simply try to be the same people in love cause they mean it. That's the way to be. Some lives are such a problem. But here's what we always say. They shouldn't let their worries rob them. Cause tomorrow is a brand new day. Take this advice, don't pay the price. Live life as happy as can be. Give the love in your heart cause you mean it. That's the way to be. such a problem but here's what we always say they shouldn't let their worries rob them cause tomorrow is a brand new day take this advice don't pay the price live life as happy as can be give the love in your heart cause you mean it that's the way to be say that's the way to be Something in your smile speaks to me Something in your eyes shows me the way And helps me to say the things That I could never say to you to me something in your laugh makes me rejoice and there is no choice except to let my thoughts go straight to you and straight to you Something in you is rich and rare And there is something more Something in you is everything That I never knew before Something in your charm Clings to me Something of your warmth Shows me the way And made me a part of you For just a little while So think of me As 
Good night until the last minute. Thank you. 
your drinking woman drinks whiskey all the time but I love that woman cause she's mine oh mine oh mine she drinks whiskey every morning she drinks whiskey every night she drinks whiskey when we loving she drinks whiskey when we fight Cause she's a whiskey drinking woman Drinks whiskey all the time But I love that woman Cause she's mine, oh mine, oh mine The day that we got married She was all dressed in white I told her when the preacher comes, keep that bottle out of sight. Cause she's a whiskey drinking woman. Drinks whiskey all the time. But I love that woman. Cause she's mine, oh mine, oh mine. whiskey in her coffee she puts whiskey in her tea she puts whiskey in whiskey and she puts whiskey in the mean cause she's a whiskey drinking woman drinks whiskey all the time but I love that woman cause she's mine oh mine oh mine And there you have it. 
And um, I had a little bit of a mem memory lapse when I was introducing everything. I wanted to dedicate that set to an extremely fine vocalist who lives in California, listens to the show um, quite often, and her name is Lynn McPhillips. And uh, she told me that she was going to tune in this evening and hear this particular set of vocals by m great musicians who are not primarily vocalists. And we began the set with Milt Jackson and uh, his ballad that he wrote, and wrote the words to it as well. Um, I have an instrumental version of this tune, but uh, this was Milt singing, uh, along with uh, Gerald Wiggins at the piano, um, the two horn players uh, playing gently behind Milt's vocal, um, the wonderful Walter Benton, and Frank Morgan, uh, as all of this was recorded in 1954. And Percy Heath was the bass player, and Kenny Clark was the drummer. And he was actually the leader of this particular date, which uh, took place in Los Angeles. So Milt decided to do his uh, ballad and record it. There you go. The second tune was by one of the greatest saxophone players in jazz history, Sonny Stitt. And the tune was his, and he, he wrote the words to it and sang it, and it's called That's the Way to Be. And we heard him on alto saxophone. He was backed up by my old friend Amos Trice on piano, George Morrow on bass, and Lenny McBrown on drums. After Sonny Stitt, we heard Dizzy Gillespie singing a, a rather serious tune. As I mentioned before, Dizzy uh, did do a lot of uh, scat singing and novelty singing, but this was a rather serious tune. It's from Dr. Doolittle, uh, the movie, and it was written by Leslie Bricuse, and it was called Something in Her Smile. And it featured Dizzy um, playing a, a little bit of trumpet and then vocalizing the whole tune with, uh, backed up by James Moody um, on, on uh, tenor saxophone, Mike Longo on piano, Frank Schifano on electric bass, and Candy Finch on drums. Then we turn to Art Blakey, who played the piano and sang and uh, I couldn't remember the name of this tune. Of course, it's For All We Know. For a beautiful tune. For all we know, we may never meet again. And Art Blakey was backed up by Dr. John on guitar, Essiet, Essiet on bass, Joe Bonadio on drums, and some nice saxophone work by the great late David Fathead Newman on tenor saxophone. Then the final tune, it wasn't too tough for Lou Donaldson to sing a blues, and he picked Joe Turner's great blues called Whiskey Drinking Woman. And uh, we heard Lou singing and playing uh, a little bit of alto saxophone, of which he's a master, with Herman Foster on piano, um, Jeff Fuller on bass, and Victor Jones on drums. Whiskey Drinking Woman. So we heard these five tunes, and I hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed that little uh, foray into uh, some untypical vocalists. And uh, we're not going to make a judgment call. The only thing is I, I, I was, I've always been moved by the Art Blakey recording because this was his 
uh, one of his last recordings, and um, he was a guest on on this um, recording called the Bluesiana Triangle, and I guess maybe he realized that he was he was quite ill with cancer, and this was his very last recording session, and I think. Um, he decided to choose this tune, I guess maybe foreshadowing, because he would be gone in six months. And um, that tune is so beautiful, for all we know, we may never meet again. Anyway, as I said, I hope you enjoyed that. And again, I dedicated that little section to my friend, Lynn McPhillips. Actually, we're going to continue now with... um, very different vocalist. This is a band actually called Azimuth, and uh, these are a couple of live recordings um, that have not never been commercially released, but they were recorded at the Edmonton Jazz Festival back in 1980. Edmonton actually had one of the first jazz festivals, uh, and then, of course, um, then the big Montreal Festival was formed, and then, of course, now we have jazz festivals all around the country. But uh, the Edmonton Jazz Festival was one of the earliest, and it was called Jazz City. And um, they invited a whole bunch of people, including this particular unique group uh, from Britain called Azimuth. And it featured the wonderful Norma Winstone on, uh, on vocal, and uh, she sings wordlessly on these tunes, and she's backed up by her then-husband, the wonderful uh, British pianist John Taylor. And um, Kenny Wheeler, great Canadian-born trumpeter, is playing on, on this as part of the band, those three, um, and they're playing on the first tune. John Taylor is playing uh, uh, a synthesizer. And then the second tune that we're going to hear, um, guitarist, acoustic guitarist Ralph Towner is added, and uh, John Taylor switches over to acoustic piano. So we're going to hear two compositions. The first one is, is just called Sounds, and the second piece of music is a John Taylor composition called The Longest Day. So I hope you enjoy these two pieces of music. They're very ethereal and atmospheric. Azimuth.
Thank you very much. And thank you, Norma Winstone, singing with a group called Azimuth. And we heard two pieces of music. The first one was called uh, Textures, and that featured uh, Norma on vocals, of course. Um, her then-husband, John Taylor, the late John Taylor, on uh, keyboards, and Kenny Wheeler, the Toronto-born trumpeter, great musician. And uh, those three were the integral part of uh, Azimuth. Then they invited a guest for the second tune, and that was uh, acoustic guitarist Ralph Towner, a perfect addition, of course. And um, we heard uh, John Taylor switch over to acoustic piano, and the group did his composition called The Longest Day. So two very atmospheric pieces recorded uh, at the uh, Schachter Theater in Edmonton in 1980, and uh, that group called Azimuth. Hope you enjoyed that, and uh, just like to remind you that you are listening to CITR FM 101.9, or of course for live streaming, www.citr.ca. And speaking of websites, of course, I always mention the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, the people that bring you the big jazz festival every year. They have a very comprehensive website, and uh, there are a lot of things on, on that site you can browse around. Um, they do concerts throughout the year, presenting uh, uh, incredible people here, there, and everywhere. And, of course, as I mentioned before, the big jazz festival. But um, Frankie's is also on that particular website. And, of course, Frankie's is one of Vancouver's leading jazz clubs. It's programmed by Corey Weeds, of course, who ran the um, Corey Weeds Cellar for many, many years out on West Broadway. And uh, Corey has, of course, uh, brought in some incredible musicians, uh, both international and local musicians. So they have an, a great schedule down there, and you can look at uh, who's coming up and who's booked for the future uh, make your plans and decide who you want to hear. Everything is available on that uh, very comprehensive website. That's the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blue Society. That's coastaljazz.ca. And uh, also another fine website, which is also comprehensive, put together by my old friend Brian Nation. That is vancouverjazz.com. That's uh, also an excellent um, and very well-put-together website worth looking at and worth checking out and browsing around and taking some time to sort of look at all the features on both of those websites, so coastaljazz.ca and vancouverjazz.com. And, of course, I always mention Pat's Pub down at the, in the downtown east side uh, in the historic Patricia Hotel. Pat's Pub is a very comfortable venue, and they have jazz every Saturday afternoon from 3 until 7. And uh, it's advisable to get down there early and, and get yourself uh, positioned uh, in a good seat and uh, partake of uh, the um, variety of beverages and, and, and good food. And 
one of the nice things about the Saturday afternoon jazz at Pat's Pub, there is no cover. And there never has been a cover. And from what I understand, there never will be a cover charge. So um, everybody's, you know, looking after their pennies these days, as we have to, living in this city. Um, and so that's a, a very, very good alternative to spend a very pleasant afternoon at Pat's Pub. Um, many of our finest musicians play at Pat's Pub, and um, everything's on an extremely high musical level there. So it's worth your while to go down and check it out if you haven't done so already. Pat's Pub in the historic Patricia Hotel. One of my favorite recordings is by pianist, sadly ill-fated. He was only 31 when he died, a victim of, uh, well, the, the drug scourge, which plagued jazz for several years. And uh, we lost Sonny Clark. Sonny Clark was just abs- an absolutely, he was a favorite uh, pianist of, of all the horn players because they, they loved the way he, he was able to back them up. And, of course, he worked with many vocalists as well. Um, Sonny Clark was, had a touch of genius. He was also a very fine composer as well. And one of his final albums, as a matter of fact, his final album under his own name was this one. It's called Leapin' and Lopin'. And it came out on Blue Note Records. And Sonny picked a hand-picked quintet. Tommy Turrentine on trumpet, who was, of course, the... Uh, brother of uh, the great tenor saxophonist Stanley Turrentine, Tommy, perennially underrated trumpet player, and he's magnificent on uh, this recording, and uh, the great Charlie Routes, of course, uh, Thelonious Monk's tenor saxophonist, is here. So Tommy and Charlie are on the front line, Butch Warren on bass, and the great Billy Higgins on drums. We're going to open with... um, a Sonny Clark, or two Sonny Clark compositions. The first one is my favorite track. It's the opening track on this album, too, and it's called Something Special, and it is. And the second tune is called simply Melody for C. So here, then, the music of the great, late Sonny Clark. Thank you. 
two fine tracks, his own compositions by the final album under his own name by the late, great Sonny Clark. And he left us, he was only 31, and uh, sad to say, a victim of uh, the drug scourge that uh, was happening with uh, a lot of jazz guys at back at that time. And Sonny was one of those, yeah, victims, sad to say. Great piano player. Everybody loves Sonny Clark. And, of course, uh, the way he uh, was able to um, back up horns and, and uh, his solos were just so relaxed and, and beautiful and his compositions as well. And he handpicked this band, uh, Tommy Turrentine on trumpet, Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone, Butch Warren on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. And all of this was recorded for Blue Note Records, the album called Leapin' and Lopin'. And uh, the tunes we heard, the first one was entitled Something Special, and the second one was entitled Melody for C. Sonny Clark. Mm-hmm. One of the great bands of the 1980s jazz bands was this one, and it was co-led by two incredible musicians who, sad to say, are no longer with us. The great George Adams on tenor saxophone, of course, who came to uh, uh, fame with uh, Charles Mingus and, of course, played with Gil Evans and then formed this group with pianist Don Poland, one of the more innovative piano players of uh, the uh, late 20th century. George Adams, Don Pullen Quartet, um, the great Cameron Brown, who is still with us on bass, and of course the wonderful drummer who worked with Charles Mingus for so many, many, many years and was one of Mingus's closest associates, Danny Richmond on drums, incomparable drummer. And uh, this very powerful quartet. Um, a friend of mine went to New York, uh, and the first band that he sought out was this band. And he said, you know, I have all the records. He said, but it's unbelievable the power of these four guys in person. Uh, unfortunately, um, the records are good, too but you can imagine what the band would sound like in person. We're going to play two tunes from a, a record that um, they did for uh, Blue Note, as a matter of fact, the album called Breakthrough, and we're going to hear two tunes from that album. The first one is a George Adams composition. It's called Mr. Smoothie. And the second tune we're going to hear is a Don Pullen uh, composition called We've Been Here All the Time. So here, then, two pieces by the George Adams Don Pullen Quartet.
the George Adams Don Pullen Quintet with Cameron Brown on bass and Danny Richmond on drums and, of course, George Adams on tenor saxophone and Don Pullen on piano. That's from their album Breakthrough, which was issued on Blue Note Records. We heard two compositions. The first one was by George Adams and called Mr. Smoothie. And the second tune was by Don Pullen and entitled We've Been Here All the Time, one of the most exciting groups uh, in jazz music. And, of course, it ended with the uh, sad death of uh, drummer Danny Richmond, and, uh, and the group broke up. The only surviving member of that legendary quartet is bassist Cameron Brown. And Adams and Pullen left us a number of years ago, as did, uh, sadly, Danny Richmond, who was uh, Mingus's longtime drummer. We're going to turn now to an album that uh, just came into my hands last week. And it's a wonderful production. Corey Weeds is part of this uh, production. And uh, this is an album by the legendary tenor saxophone tag team of Johnny Griffin and Eddie Lockjaw Davis. And this was recorded at the penthouse, not the one in Vancouver, the Jazz Club, which was in Seattle, the penthouse. And uh, it was run by Charlie Puzo. And one of the great jazz clubs, and it existed... um, for quite a few years uh, in Seattle, and of course, uh, Charlie brought in everybody, Bill Evans, Miles Davis, um, you name it, and this band. And I wasn't there the night that this was recorded, but I was there for two nights to hear this band and got to meet everybody in the band because my good friend Buddy Catlett, who is the bassist on here, um, introduced me to everybody, which was great. Uh, for me, and um, being a young fellow at the time, <laughs> and uh, enjoying, I, I went down with my old friend John Levine, and uh, the late John Levine, and we drove down, and it was so good, uh, the music was so good, that uh, we decided that uh, we didn't want to come back to Vancouver, so we uh, rented a, a, a room at the Vance Hotel in Seattle, stayed overnight, and went back to the club for a second night uh, because it was so uh, exciting and the music was just so great. Eddie Lockjaw Davis, two of the most prominent tenor saxophonists you ever want to hear, and contrasting as well. Johnny Griffin had a very different style. Lockjaw Davis was a self-taught tenor saxophonist that, um, in my estimation, no one has has ever been able to imitate. And... um, He's immediately identifiable, and he always solos first in this combination. Horace Parlin on piano, what a wonderful musician. Of course, he, at that time, he was a Mingus uh, alumni. And uh, my friend Buddy Catlett on bass, who was uh, born and raised in, in Seattle. And the great Arthur Taylor on drums. And uh, these two tracks were recorded on uh, May 30th. 1962. Oh, that's a long time ago. So we opened with, um, these were part of a radio show, and it's part of the archives that uh, my good friend Jim Wilkie has kept, and uh, fortunately he has kept these tapes and preserved them in good condition, 
and uh, with a whole bunch of um, stuff, they're being slowly released. And um, this album is called Ow. That's one of the tunes. Um, live, uh, Johnny Griffin and Eddie Lockjaw Davis live at the penthouse. That's the title of the album. And it's on Real to Real label. So we're going to open with uh, a few words from Jim Wilkie, um, and then we're going to go to a tune written by Ammons and Stitt, another great tenor saxophone duet. And this blues, or this tune is called Blues Up and Down, and then that's followed by Dizzy Gillespie's composition called Ow, the title track. So here then, Johnny Griffin and Eddie Lockjaw Davis and company live in Seattle. King FM presents live Jazz from the Penthouse. half hour, you'll be listening to the Eddie Lockjaw Davis Johnny Griffin Quintet with Horace Parlin at the piano, Buddy Catlett on bass, and Art Taylor at the drums. Music and facilities for this broadcast are provided by the Penthouse, just off Pioneer Square in Old Seattle. Here's the Lockjaw Davis Johnny Griffin Quintet.
Recorded at the Penthouse in Seattle, May the 30th, 1962. That was the one of the great tenor saxophone tag team matches. Johnny Griffin and Eddie Lockjaw Davis. And, of course, always Lockjaw Davis was the first soloist on uh, all the tunes they played, I guess in deference to his uh, being a little older than Johnny Griffin. And the rhythm section, Horace Parlin at the piano, Buddy Catlett on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And we heard uh, a few words from, um, because this was part of a, a radio show, and we heard a few words from the host, my good friend Jim Wilkie, who, of course, is, uh, uh, did uh, Jazz After Hours for so many years on national public radio. And was uh, part of the production of this album as well. And uh, then we moved into uh, an Ammons and Stitt favorite, played way up tempo, and we heard blues up and down. And, of course, Ammons and Stitt, Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt, were another one of the great tenor saxophone tag team matches. And we followed blues up and down with a Dizzy Gillespie composition entitled Ow. And that's what we heard. Eddie Lockjaw Davis and Johnny Griffin, or Johnny Griffin and Eddie Lockjaw Davis, any way you want to look at it. <laughs> we'll hear more from this album. It's great. Um, Corey Weeds had a lot to do with uh, production of this album. It's called uh, Live at the Penthouse, and Ow is the title track, the one we just heard, and it's on Real to Real albums. Real, R E E L. To R E A L. And look that up on the web. You check it out. We're going to take you now to the Congress House in Zurich, in Switzerland, in 1962. And we're going to listen to the Jerry Mulligan Quartet. And one of my favorite pieces, it actually was written by trumpeter Art Farmer when he was part of this uh, group. But his position was taken over by the great valve trombonist Bob Brookmeyer. So Brookmeyer's on valve trombone, Jerry Mulligan, of course, one of the masters of the baritone saxophone, Bill Crow on bass, and one of the finest drummers ever, Gus Johnson. And we're going to hear a piece of music, always a favorite of mine, and we hope it's a favorite of yours, too. It's called Blueport. Thank <laughs> you. 
Jerry Mulligan and his quartet with, of course, Jerry on baritone saxophone, Bob Brookmeyer on valve trombone, Bill Crow on bass, and Gus Johnson on drums, all recorded uh, in the Congress House, a big uh, hall in uh, Zurich in Switzerland, 1962. And that was a piece of music uh, um, 
a specialty of the Mulligan Quartet uh, entitled Blueport. Uh, it was actually written by trumpeter Art Farmer, who had formerly been in Mulligan's Quartet. And uh, so that tune became a big part of uh, Jerry's repertoire. Well, we're going to close the show with a solo piano by the one and only Thelonious Monk. This was recorded in San Francisco from his album Monk Alone in San Francisco. As a matter of fact, it was recorded in 1959 on October 21st, and they went past midnight, as we have done, and recorded some of it uh, on October 22nd, 1959, in San Francisco. So we're going to hear one of Monk's signature tunes to uh, close the evening and bid you all a good night. We're going to listen to Thelonious play Blue Monk.
the one and only Thelonious Monk. Closing our show this evening, Monk recorded uh, in San Francisco, and that, of course, was his uh, inimitable composition, one of his best-known, Blue Monk. That's it for this edition, (laughs) the Election Day edition. I think we all knew what was going to happen, but, uh, well, we'll see how things unfold. It's kind of a a new situation, uh, in uh, at least for uh, the liberals, and we'll see how well they can uh, handle this whole situation and the rest of the parties as well. Congratulations to all the winners. That's it for another edition of The Jazz Show. My name is Gavin Walker, and you are listening to radio station CITR 101.9, or, of course, if you live stream, it's CITR.ca. And we'll be back next Monday evening with another show. So take care, and uh, we hope to see you then. Bye for now.